Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So we got us a boycott. The Bucks said in a statement through the NFLPA that they won't participate in the voluntary workout program set for Monday. The Broncos and Seahawks will boycott as well. There will be more, I'm sure. Meanwhile, the NFL wants all their employees, including players, to be vaccinated Unless you got a really good reason. Who's right? Who's wrong? Will Tom Brady abide by this? We'll discuss it all with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. And Tom, I love a good labor dispute. Uh, <laughs> usually, uh, this is no secret, it's usually about the money, right? Or money that someone thinks they should get or isn't getting. In this case, I think we were headed down this road no matter what. But, you know, a year ago when the pandemic struck and the NFL, thank goodness, I guess they gave us something to do, which was, you know, the virtual NFL draft this time last year. And then um, they conducted offseason workouts virtually, that sort of thing. They never they, they canceled the preseason games. They, they went to training camp, but it wasn't a, a full training camp, as it were. And they started playing games. And you know what? I think the players like that. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think they realize, hey, wait a minute. We don't really get paid for the offseason. And it's so, quote, unquote, voluntary. But we all know, you know, that you feel a certain pressure to go in there if some guy's taking your job, right? Sure. So, I mean, you know, what, what, what's happening here? I mean, is, 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 is the league right? Should, should these guys come to work? We have vaccines now. Should they make them take them? I mean, where's this going to end? Well, it's going to end with both sides yelling at one another and they'll come to some sort of agreement about how to, how to make these guys report. Here's the thing, Rick, do they really need these OTAs? I mean, really, do they really need them? And you cover, I'm asking legitimately, you cover the sport. Do they I'll need to you, have them? You know, I'll tell you who needs them. Uh, quarterbacks need them mm-hmm. and young players need them, particularly rookies. You know, I, I think the rookies a year ago because of COVID with the exception of a few, um, if you play wide receiver, maybe uh, if you play running back, perhaps if you're not a guy used a lot on third down, you know, there are certain positions, maybe even to some degree defensive back where, you, you know, you say you got that cat, go cover him, But, I think the young guys really need that sort of orientation into the league and that teaching because once the season starts, once you're and that that's training camp, by the way, once you go in there, you know, in July or August or whenever you get together for training camp, you're preparing for game one of the regular season. There's no, you know, tryouts at that point. I mean, they're evaluating you on everything, but at the end of the day, um, particularly on a team like the Bucks, have 22 returning starters. You know, uh, they're 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 ready to go. They're thinking regular season. They're not they're not thinking about anything else. So, I think the off season, 
you know, these guys keep themselves in shape. They know how to prepare and all that stuff physically. But I think the off season is about the reps. I think it's about rookies. You know, they get like 400 reps during the off season, OTAs, mini camps, things like that. So you're not going to get the development of young players. And it was interesting because Bruce Arians addressed this a couple, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking to him on a zoom call. So well, what, what should we do? You know, like what, what do you think about this whole, cause we, we saw this train coming down the tracks and his idea was, he says, have nothing mandatory, no mandatory mini camp. The rest is all voluntary. So to me, if a vet doesn't want to come, he doesn't have to come. There's no punishment involved, but let the young players develop for the future of the league. But to say that no one can come in in the building, no one can practice to me, and this is the big part. That's just veterans trying to save their jobs. Interesting perspective. No, and I and I I hadn't thought of it in that way. I, I'd be all for if the veterans don't want to show up, don't show mm-hmm. up. And if it's you know if it benefits the young guys to come in, that's fine. I've always had a theory about OTAs, Rick, and it's the same theory that people have had for a long time about morning skates and hockey, which is right. on game days. Of you know teams will come in and, and skate in the morning on a game day. And the reason was it was started not to get him extra time, not to get him. The whole thing was to keep him from going out the night before. That's it true. Was, yeah. It's okay. They, they didn't want him going out drinking all night and being hung over mm-hmm. the next day. So in order to keep them from being hung over the next day, what you do is you make them show up for work at Early. 10 o'clock, or mm-hmm. at nine o'clock in the morning, right on a game day. And that way you prevent it from going out the night before. I've always felt that OTAs was a way for, teams basically to keep an eye on their players in the off season, like make them come in so we can check you out, make sure you're not gaining too much weight. Not sure you're right. You know, and and I think the players at some point go, you know, like, do I need to be here now? I'm sure there's a benefit to it, but Rick, I mean, when you've started covering the league, I mean, how, I mean, how recent are OTAs? We haven't had OTAs forever, right? No, that's relatively new thing in terms of, it is. It, well, it's, it's been about 18 years. I mean, I, I think, you know, what, what's interesting is I can remember, and this is true, I, I want to say it was, I don't know if it started this year, but but it got serious. Um, when John Gruden came in, in in 2002 off season, you know, he was traded here in what February or something like that, and he took over. I say, we got a good team. You know, we got Mark, we got Mike Alls, Mark Allstott, we got the uh, – we got some good players. Um, he had, at that time, OTAs. I remember talking to Ronnie Barber about this. They were meeting, I kid you not, Tom, they were meeting four times a week, okay? And they would go two hours, hot sun, helmets and shorts, granted, right? But it looked like it looked like training camp. I mean, with the exception of the hitting, and there was way more physicality than there should be, right? I mean, we were talking about the linemen were there. The whole squad was there. Right. And it was incredible watching just like, you know, every single day. And Barbara says, I can't do this. This is killing me. You know, he was he was an older player at that point. And he goes, this guy's crazy. Like, he's, you know, he's, he's got us out here. He's just like freaking training camp. And we're in March. And then the union, you know, when they had their the next negotiation, the next labor strike or labor stoppage, um, they cut them back. You know, they said you could only have so many and that you couldn't have more than, you know, three in a row without a day off. And, you know, you couldn't practice on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Like they put in a ton of these, you know, provisions and cut it down 
by a quarter. I mean, I, they, you know, they, they really, you know, cut into the number of practices they had. And, you know, the problem with it is that, you know, coaches will tell you, you know, you can't, you can't evaluate or even really practice offensive linemen without pads. So it's, it's sort of, you know, pointless for them, but let's say you have a new coach, let's say, and they give them an extra mini camp when you have a new coach, but that's a weekend, right? But if you if you've got new coaches and new systems to learn, and you need meeting times now, when they start off season workouts, they have phases. That's the other part that the union negotiated. You know, phase one is just conditioning. You know, they can go out there with trainers, run around on the field a little bit, do their lifting, and that's it. And that lasts a couple of weeks. And then phase two, you know, you can go out as a position group. You know, and it works its way up until you get to a point where you're all together full squad and then you compete against each other and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it's phased in. It's not what it used to be. So there's not, it's not a ton of stuff, you know, and, but the reality is, is that some players have what's called a workout bonus and they get paid for showing up where other players aren't getting paid. Like they incentivize guys. I think Jason Pierre Paul was one of these guys and he left half a million dollar a year on the table. He never showed up. Um, because they knew certain guys, you know, needed a kick in the butt or a deposit to get them to come. But for the most part, you know, you get paid for the regular season. You don't get checks during the off season. And so I I think it's finan. I think there's a financial thing. And I also think the game is, it's hard enough. You know, they feel like we don't have to be there, you know, in March and April and May and so on. I think this is a lot to me, a control thing. I I've covered all sports. So have you Rick, I've covered mm-hmm. baseball and hockey and basketball a little bit uh, and the NFL and, and, and really football at all levels, high school, college mm-hmm. pros. I have never seen coaches who, who are more power hungry, more controlling than football coaches. Now, maybe it's the nature of the sport that there's, you know, there are so many more, it, it's much more intricate than a lot of other sports. Everybody has assignments. There's a lot more players involved at one time. So I get it. There's a lot, there's a lot, there are a lot of moving parts going on, but I also think coaches are, I think football coaches are crazy, Rick. I've always thought that I think they're the craziest of all coaches. They, they demand, um, total control. I mean, you've dealt with these guys, Rick. I have, that doesn't make them bad people, but Mm -hmm. I dealt with, you you know, you've dealt with Dirk Cutter and John Mm -hmm. Gruden and we've dealt with college coaches. College coaches might be the most insane of all. Mm-hmm. And I just think a part of this is this is a way to bring them in to have a little bit of control over every little minute detail. And I don't know any coach in any sport, Rick, that that goes into games feeling like, oh, my gosh, we're not ready for this. You know, they 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 so they over prepare for these games. You've seen it. I mean, these guys work hours that nobody else works. You got guys sleeping in the office. All sure. night, they they live basically live at their at their facilities during the football season because they're so paranoid that the other the other team the other side is going to get a little bit of an advantage because you know they might be working one minute longer than we are. I, I think that's a big part of it too. Is they want this control and the players are like, look, we're ready. We can be ready. We'll be yeah. ready when the season starts. You know. Now, look, as you mentioned to me, Rick, we've talked about this ahead of time a little bit that if they came out tomorrow and said, you know what? No one's practicing. We're not having OTAs. There's no way that Tom Brady isn't 
book in time at Berkeley Prep again. You know, like, right? Everybody's out there getting ready. Carolwood Day or something. Yeah, and, yeah right. and, and and this is the thing, you know, and, and and it happened last year. Okay, so you had the pandemic, and we didn't have vaccines, right? And there was stuff we didn't even know about it, but it was out here, and it was, and and it was, you know. We were just right. Like, yeah, just starting off on this thing. Just really. beginning in the spring, right? So, it, it would get worse, of course, and, and peak in the summer, as we know. I mean, when you have what five hundred and seventy-five million people die, uh, five hundred seventy-five. Did I say million? Yeah, well, <laughs> feels like it. Some days, right? Feels like it. Yeah, uh, a thousand right. uh, die. Then that's that's a big deal. But there was a lot we didn't know. You know, was it was it transmittable by contact? Right? Was it airborne? Was it you know? Um, did you have to wear a mask outside? Like all that stuff. Right. So, but, but despite that lack of knowledge or, or evolving knowledge, you know, these players, particularly Brady, Russell Wilson did it as well. And others, what do they do? They have a passing camp. They get together. They did this during the strike. They get together some field. And in this case, it was Berkeley at, at six thirty in the morning and they would go at it, you know, in a passing camp, uh, and even brought in some defensive backs after a while. And they'd go at it for two hours, you know, one or two or three days a week. And, you know, I'm watching this and I'm, I'm watching them on a, on an, on an artificial surface, which we know can lead to injury. And I'm not saying Berkeley prep surfaces, there's anything wrong with it, but like, you know, it's not grass and there's no trainers. There's no medical personnel out there whatsoever. Uh, the players are having to conduct what it is they think they need to get done. Now, Tom's trying to learn the offense. He's learning it from his teammates, and he's teaching his teammates what he needs. And you would just think that wouldn't it be better? I mean, just if you're going to do that, right, wouldn't it be better to be on your own manicured fields with your own coaching and training staff, um, you know, a shower, uh, whatever, you know, footballs, all that, helmets, then, then the, to do what you know is going to happen is that the, the really good teams led by guys like Brady or Matt Ryan or whomever um, are going to get together anyway. I, I don't, you know, and even after they told them not to, even after the union came out and said, hey, for the sake of COVID, you know, stop these workouts. Brady kind of thumbed his nose at everybody. He, you know, went on social media and quoted FDR. The only thing we have to fear <laughs> is fear itself. And he was selling immunity pills, you know, the TB12, hey, boost your immunity. So, I mean, do we really think they're going to stop practicing? Sure, it'll be on their own time at 630 in the morning. Whoever wants to come can come. But you could do that same volunteerism, you know, with the Bucks at, at their own facility. I, I, I get why it's frustrating, and I agree with you. These coaches want control. And football, as much as anything – you know, whether you're talking about tools on the line, blowing the whistle, Shiano, or, you know, now nah, don't go leading the charge or I tell you what, man, like all those guys have their own little nuances. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ray Perkins said exactly what you told me. The first coach I ever covered was Ray Perkins for the Bucks, And he was in his last year, as it turned out, may he rest in peace. And he told me, he goes, no, oh, no one thing. And no one's going to outwork me. I mean, we're going to be here. I'm going to work harder than anybody else. We'll practice more. We'll play, we'll be ready. You know, we're not going to get out work. And that was the only thing he felt he could control because he couldn't control wins and losses or he would have won. Or more. talent. He couldn't control talent. And he couldn't control talent. That's right. right. To the extent that somebody else, well, he was picking the players, but, you know, you don't, you don't, you got to pick who, 
it's not like college where you can just recruit the guy and instead of going to the Bears, he comes to you, right? Like you, you have that pick and you got to choose from whoever's on the board. So I, I, I just think that these players are going to go, they're going to go do something. It's just all a bunch of hogwash, right? They're so, all yeah, liars. So what's, they're what's, all liars the players, what's the players angle here? What's the union's angle here by telling teams like, yeah, we're not coming. We're not coming. We're not going to do it. We don't want I, to. Here's what I think occurred. This is just my, my opinion. And I could be, I could be way off and we may have to talk to Ali Marpet and maybe there's, maybe there's a part of him that feels like, you know, it is, it is about COVID. I mean, <laughs> but, and I'm not minimizing COVID, um, you know, but we, we have had vaccinations now and these teams have access to them. Everybody does or will um, very soon. And so, you know, the, 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 the optics have changed, right? The conditions have changed from last summer to this or this last spring to this spring. What I think this is, is simply a negotiating point like everything else, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be money involved here. I mean, I, I, I think, I think a couple of things. I think one, what the union is saying is, Hey, wait, none of our guys had to come to work in March. They could throw on their laptops for an hour Position coach would have meetings. The strength coach would give them a workout program. You check a few boxes, and you can go about your life. And you know what? They played a whole season, and it was wonderful, and the ratings were good, and they got and Tom Brady won the Super Bowl in Tampa, and against in front of twenty five thousand fans, and nobody nobody suffered other than they couldn't have fans in the stands. So financially, obviously, they lost money, but. The product was damn good. You couldn't, you couldn't tell me when you were watching those games that those guys weren't playing any less hard or that the quality of play was down, right? Right. And so I think they got a taste of it and said, so tell me again why we need to be over there in March or April, rather, or mm-hmm. May or OTAs. I think that's what it is. It's like you're not paying us to do this. We're partners, you know. We get we get paid during the season. Now they're gonna they you know it used to be, uh, I saw where the the league's gonna do this now. They used to pay them for the seventeen weeks of the regular season, including the bye week. Now they're gonna pay them. They're gonna double that. They're gonna they're gonna have, you know, payment like for thirty something weeks. Um, so it'll be obviously less less per week, but they're gonna spread it out. Right. And somehow this is supposed to help the players, you know, not spend all their money. I don't know, but yeah, I it's got to be about. It's got to be about money. I mean, that's usually what things are about. Right, right. And, or I, or I safety agree. or, you know, we yeah. don't want guys getting hurt or whatever. Well, I have a hard time buying the league. Ultimately, I don't know that the league cares about player safety. I, I mean, I think they, they give it lip service, and I think they try in some areas. But you, you wouldn't keep tacking games onto the schedule if you really cared about that. That's just the way I see that. Let me, let me ask you this, though, Rick. So I saw this. Let me see if I got this right. They're not – it's not mandatory for coaches to get the vaccine, but they will, if you don't get the vaccine, you can only have limited contact with your team, right? I think it's for all employees. I mean, with the way, the way it reads is that, you know, and this would include players because you're an employee of the NFL, right? If you work, um, basically what the league said is that, um, the league and all its employees, which includes players, would need, quote, bona fide medical or religious ground for refusing to be vaccinated. If they fail to do so, the league said they would not be permitted to enter team facilities or areas such as the locker room. Well, whether you're a coach 
an equipment guy, a trainer, or a player, how in the hell are you going to work if you can't <laughs> enter the locker room? Well, that's what I was saying. If it came to coaches where they can only have limited Oper- you know, limited contact. Basically, you're telling them it's mandatory. <laughs> it's you're saying it's mandatory. <laughs> you're not a note tell from me. your mom is not going to do it. Right. You, you can't know? tell. You can't tell me that if uh, if uh, I'm screwed. Bruce, Bruce Arians was like, yeah, I'm not going to get it, but he can only have limited contact with his team. That he could still be the coach of the Bucks. Like <laughs> you can't have. You can't be the head coach, or you can't be Todd Bowles and and have. No, I was going to say there's some that think, there's some that think Bruce Arians has limited contact with his team now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's like you have to you would it would seem now look I I think everybody sh- and I'm probably stepping in somewhere I shouldn't be stepping oh right please now, do I think everybody should be getting a vaccine personally I think it's I think science has proven that it's the science. right thing to do and the only way we can get to where we need to get is is if as many people as possible get the vaccine you tell I've that to the it. Johnson and Johnson I people who got blood clots. I've had, which is, by the way, just still one in a million. Just to be clear, yeah, it, like the, yeah. it's still the odds are still like one in a million, zillion, like not well, not bazillion, but you're it's saying very, there's a chance. But I mean, I, I've had the Pfizer. Like, I got the Pfizer. I had the shot one. I got shot two coming up later this week. Yeah, I'm completely confident in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I hope that that the NFL players look. They they've. I got to admit, Rick, sports has handled this pretty well. We've had some incidents. We had some issues last year with baseball. The NHL recently just came off a really bad case with the Vancouver Canucks where basically the whole team got it. Um, but for the most part, sports has seemed to handle this pretty well. And I, and, and it's now – it's I, I got to tell you something, Rick. I've been watching a lot of baseball the last um, the last couple of weeks here and uh, and also some hockey. And it's nice to see fans back in the stadium, even on a limited basis, seven, seven thousand, eight thousand people. I think it's it feels more exciting when you have fans. I don't like. Oh, there's the no question. I don't think I don't think we're quite ready for thirty five thousand yet, but yeah. it's fun to watch to hear a little bit of crowd noise. You know, listen, I I went to the Rays home opener as uh, a guy with my son, not in the press box, but in the seats, right. and you know they had. Um, you know, they had seats tied down, you know, they had the, the social distancing, the way they arranged, you know, where you were sitting, you, you had space between yourself and everybody was supposed to wear a mask, which by the way, okay, I'm in the, I'm, I'm watching a game. I'm not wearing a mask guy. Would you stop it? Like I'm watching these ushers from tra- Tropicana have to go down and say, uh, sir, sir, can you, can you put your mask on? Can you, can you? Like, you know the rule, right? Yeah, don't go to the game if you don't want to comply they, by the they, rules. They won't let you win without one, first and foremost. So if you know you have to wear it and you decide to go to the game, unless you're, you know, shoving a dog down your pie hole or you're drinking, you know, something, which, <laughs> let's face it, some guys are drinking all nine innings, <laughs> uh, which is one way to go, by the way. But, uh, you know, you know you got to wear it. Like, don't don't hassle some poor person that's just there trying to do their job and their job is to make sure that you wear a mask. Okay. Like, amen. I I just saw this and I was just like, why, why would you go? You, Oh, so now you're in your seat. Now you can take it off and never put it on again. Is that what you're saying? Is that the rule that you've made? That's your rule. (laughs) You know what drove me crazy? I'll tell you what, speaking of masks real quick, a little, little side detour. here. Yeah. What drove me crazy was watching during the NCAA tournament and the coaches are wearing masks, except when they were yelling at a referee or yelling <laughs> no. at their players. That's and then they exactly took it off. when you need one. That's what I'm saying. It's the only time you need it is when you're yelling at people. <laughs> Otherwise, if everywhere. your mouth is closed, you don't need then you then you don't need the mask as much. 
But I was just, it was, it just cracked me up that watching these coaches on the sidelines, all of a sudden they're going to start barking at somebody and they take their mask off to do it. That's right. Yeah, no, it was complete eyewash. It was silly. I mean, it was silly. They would, you know, I want you to hear every, every syllable. <laughs> and if I have COVID, you're going to get it. Exactly. Uh, you have a technical foul. No, you have a virus. Okay. <laughs> Who came out worse than that? But um, yeah. So yeah, just if you're, if you're going to a game, but getting back to, I went to a game, you know, right. I went to a game. And there were about, I think they had 9,000 or so for the, for the home opener against the Yankees. And, and you can make your jokes. Well, that's about the average crowd. Okay, whatever. And it was about the average crowd, but not for a Yankees game, which would have was sold out the opener, <laughs> but you know what? Totally change it. You, you, even with that size. And I know, you know, the bucks had like 16, five and stuff like that. To me, that got lost, right? It was just kind of, you know, 65,000 right. seat stadium. You can, you know, 16, five more cardboard cutouts. Right. But for the rays indoors, you know, the roof echoing the sound, there was juice and the players responded to it and you could see them respond to it. You could feel the energy. That's what live sports is, right? That's the mm-hmm. difference between watching a game on TV. Why do you go? Because it's palatable. You can feel energy. And as a, as an athlete, as a player, I played in front of crowds, but you know, it, it does something to you. You know, it, 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 it kind of lights a fire in you. It, it gets you kind of geeked up and, and you could see that. And it was, it was tremendous. Now there were some things that were off, you know, like, you know, trying to go to a concession stand and buy something was weird, but, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's no, there's no contact with anybody. And I've been to some lightning games and, and that one's that they're not quite there yet. They had even smaller crowds at 3,400 or something like that. And all, not all the restaurants are open, but you, to your point, it felt really good. Like it, it felt good for the athletes. It felt good for the fans. Um, it felt like an event. And mm-hmm. that's yeah. what sports is. And what I'm wondering, Tom, as we morph into this, how much, if any, do you think sports has been hurt, and maybe permanently in some respects, by just the mere fact that, in other words, is there going to be this overwhelming desire to jump back into packed stadiums, whether it's fear of whatever else is out there or we don't know, um, or have we learned to live without sports, or have we just become acceptable of, yeah, I can watch it on TV, um, I've I've gone a year. I don't need to go to games. I don't need to spend this money. Will there be an, a, a a negative impact? Do you think overall on on sports? I don't think so. And I think the reason is is because I think there's this overwhelming um, need for many people, most of us, to get back to so you know quote unquote normal again. And I right. think people are going to embrace the opportunity once they're vaccinated. Um, once they feel safe, right? Once they, once feel, they safe feel safe or, or feel like, you know, okay, I, I can get back to where we were before all this started. And I think they'll they'll want to get back to where we were of going to ball games and being normal. Look, we've already have seen throughout this entire past 16 months or whatever it's, or, you know, 14 months, whatever it's been, that there are plenty of people out there who want normalcy so much that they're denying science. I'm not wearing a mask and I'm still going to do everything I did before. And I, and I don't think they're being, I think a lot of those people 
I think it's just a desire to, to have some control over something they have no control of, or or to to it's, feel normal. Fatigue. It's, yeah. It's yeah. And to it's feel normal and to feel like mm-hmm. you know everything's going to be okay. I think it's just sort of a coping mechanism for many people. And so I think once it gets to the point where you know, I, I'll be vaccinated and hopefully here you know within two weeks and and I, sure I there's a part of me that's like I'm already thinking about where do I want to go eat. You know, what's the first restaurant I want to go to um, mm. indoors and sit down and, and not think about it? Or I look right. for I like going to movies. I'm a, I like going to a movie theater. Um, I'm looking forward to the day of doing that. So I, I do think a lot of people will enough people will get back. I fully expect Tampa Stadium or Raymond James to be full next season. Don't you? They're saying the NFL. Uh, I don't know if they've announced this, but the NFL has every intention of playing in front of full stadiums. Now the question will be, and I'm okay with this. I don't know how people will feel. Let's say they require you to show you're vaccinated. You need that vaccination card to go to a game or to go to a concert or a movie theater. You go with that? You okay with that? I'm fine with it. I don't think it'll ever fly. I don't think, I think there'll be enough people. Why? I think enough. Well, (laughs) <laughs> because I think there are enough people in powerful positions to make sure Who that that's not going to allow happen. it. They'll yeah. legislate that it, you can't do it right. as a business. I think so. And I, private, I think there'll be some lawsuits and, and mm-hmm. look again, I'm all for it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pro vaccination and I'd right. love, I'd love well, to the see bill it. of rights doesn't guarantee you a seat at a ball game or a concert. I, that's, and I agree with you on that, but I, I do think there, especially in this state, are you kidding? Like, I think there'll be, <laughs> oh. I think there'll be enough. Now you're going to talk about politics. Again. Yeah, I'm just telling you the it. truth, right? I mean, yeah, I just can't imagine that. Well, I mean, you know, Governor DeSantis has already said like, there's no way that we're going to have a, and I'm not even sure the federal government can can mandate that 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 you'll that you'll have a vaccinate a vaccine you know vaccine passport or whatever. Um, I would be fine with that, but I don't even Rick. If the NFL, well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this: You got to take off your shoes to get on a plane. What's the difference? Oh, well, I agree. I agree. Everybody I got to show, show you my identification you gotta before show I get me, on a plane. You got to show me a driver's license or or a legal identification. You can't walk in there with a credit card or an electric bill. And I can't carry a bottle of water through. You, you know. can't. That's right. It's my water. It's just water. Why can't I carry this on? Nope. You got to dump it out. Everybody has adapted to that, and yet they still fly. And you know what? Those that don't want to go through all that, they choose not to fly. Take a train. If you can get on a train these days. I don't know. Yeah. Take a plane. You know, take, take a, a uh Take a boat. Yeah, take whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I mean, and I again, I'm not trying to make this a political thing. That's not what that's not my intention. My thing would be, wouldn't wouldn't that lead to probably more packed stadiums be, if everybody knew that everyone in that said stadium, you know, was vaccinated? You and would you, think you, you would think you could that remove that would, the mask. Yeah. And you could, you know. And then you'd feel a bit of normalcy. Because let's face it, like when you get on a plane, and again, I don't know why I'm hung up on this. When you get on a plane, once you go through all that security, right? And you know everybody else has gone through that security. Okay? I suppose a hijacking could still happen. Sure. <laughs> you know? I mean, anything, anything, any terrorist act could happen, I suppose. But don't you feel like at that point, like, okay, you know, I'm good. Everybody on here is good. We're all good. Right. We're all just flying now. You know, right. once you get the shoes back on and the luggage is overhead and all that, it just feels like travel. You know, it's kind of a process to get there. Right. 
No, I'm with but, you. I'm with you 100%. That, yeah, I, you know. And that's ideally what, what it's supposed to create is this feeling of safety and relaxation and all that. At yeah. the very minimum, I think, I think what, what teams or, or leagues will say is you're on your own. You know, you know the dangers, and you had an opportunity to get vaccinated if you wanted to. But if they don't, if they don't require, you know, a card or something, then I think at that point, it's just buyer beware. Well, I think know? what we see with the Texas Rangers has already proven that people are going to just show up anyway. They, and I think the yeah. same thing will happen with the Bucks, even if there's no, if even if you're not required to show that you've been vaccinated, if you just say, "Hey, stadium's open. Anybody wants to come can come." Yeah. I think the stadium will fill up. I, I am on record, too, as saying, too, Rick, I want everybody to wear a mask even after COVID mm-hmm. goes away because I right. don't want to see most pay, people's mugs. And I <laughs> and I don't want to smell your stinky breath, you know. So, and, and, say, and if you feel the same about me, I'm cool with that, too. So I just I, – I like the fact that – you know what else, too? You don't, you don't want to see faces is what you're saying. You, I don't overall, need to see them. There's not enough good mugs than there are bad mugs. I go to – so I go – the only place I go during COVID is I go to Publix once a week. I do the grocery shopping for my wife and I. And I go – and you know what's nice is – there, you don't. You no longer have to sort of give the polite smile when you sort of almost bump into somebody turning a corner, because they can't see your face behind a mask. So now I can just go about my business. Same with them, and I, I'm good. I don't need to see anybody's faces. I don't. I I don't need to smell them. I'm good. I think that I think this should be. I think it's the best thing that's come out of COVID. Is we got to wear masks. <laughs> I'm I'm good with that. I think. I think there's some truth to that. I mean, people, there are people that miss faces. You know, you can smile. Have you learned to smile with your eyes? Or you can be that guy that's just snarling at people behind that mask or sticking your tongue at them. Nobody knows. I had to go into Pointer a couple of uh, weeks ago for a couple of days because uh, I'm trying to remember. what Something was going on at my house. I think they were they were talking about turning the power off during the day because they were cutting around some power lines and stuff. Yeah, you got to pay the bill. So yeah, that maybe that's what it was. So I go I go into the office and a, and a couple other people were in there and I I went to Publix and I bought some uh, raspberries which is a thing I used to do at Pointer all the time. And I would share them with people in the office. So I went in and I'm wearing a mask and I went up to this woman who works with me and she was on a zoom call, but I, I, I held out the thing and, and she's like, Oh yeah. So she took like one or two and I'm mouthing to her. Cause I don't want to interrupt her zoom call. Go ahead. Take more here. Feel free. I got it. <laughs> and I'm re- and she's just looking she at me. No clue. No Jason. clue what I'm saying. Cause I got the mask on that. She can't read me mouth into words. Yeah. Take the guy from Halloween. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So I'm still getting used to the whole mask in public, but I'm all for it. Like I'm, I'm very pro mask. Are you, since we got on the subject, are you the, I have the custom, you know, funny mask guy, or are you the hospital, like generic right out of the box, disposable mask guy? Very early on. My mother-in-law made some masks. Um, ah, it has the like homemade little mask guy. Yeah, the homemade kinda, mask kinda, guy. Right, kind of like a little pattern like. on it. I okay. like that. I like that. But if I'm my wife, also very early on, um, she bought, she ordered a couple of boxes of the like basic generic hospital type mask, and we have them by our front the disposable door. Disposable ones, yeah, mean? or yeah, yeah, they're kind of disposable, yeah. And uh, and so as I'm kind of, I mean. Well, they are, yeah. But if I'm, yeah, I don't wear them over and over again. But if yeah. I, if I'm running out to the store or something, or running out to like, you'll grab blah, one blah, of those. 
Mm. I'll grab one of those and put it on. And I usually have a few of those in my car because that, that happens a few times too, where I'll go up to the park just to walk or whatever. And then oh, I'll yeah. decide I'm going to stop somewhere on the way home. Mm-hmm. And then I realize, Oh, I didn't, I don't have a mask. So I put a bunch of masks in the, it's I one wonder, more like I, it's funny, like years from now, I wonder, I'm, I'm so curious on how we're going to look back at this 20 years from now, you know, or, if if oh, we'll all be dead we won't be here in 20 years what are you talking no that <laughs> no, may be kidding. true but it's I, you know what you i mean wonder I, how we're I gonna know. Uh, like are we gonna remember I, not I fondly we, necessarily no but we're living through listen i mean uh, and there's maybe a couple of these individuals alive how did they feel about 1918 and in the, the spanish flu i mean you know you're you're right unfortunate enough or fortunate enough um to be alive at a time when the worst pandemic in a hundred years struck the planet and it was the whole planet. It wasn't just a country. Um, and it know. wasn't just like a bad couple of weeks. It wasn't like, Oh, no. I mean, this We're has not, been a year. We don't know when this is going to, I mean, like legitimately, like, you know, depending on who you listen to on the, on, on, on the news, Dr. Fauci or whoever, we could be like, there may not be the old normal and, you talked about mask. Mask may be a thing on public transportation forever. I'm you okay. Like, again, and uh, I'm okay with that. Here, I'll say this, Rick. And again, not to get all political and everything. I've been wearing a mask for, like everybody, most people, for mm-hmm. 14 months or whatever. Yeah. Haven't had a cold. Haven't had a sniffle. Oh, there's no, que- there's no question that, it, and they say the, the flu has been pretty much decimated, you know, because people aren't spreading it airborne and getting it in, in the distance and wearing, there's no question, you know, I think you think differently about like, will you shake hands with people after this? I think it'll I be didn't a, shake hands with, I didn't shake hands with people before this. Yeah. It's another, like, that's like, another thing. I don't have to shake hands with people now. <laughs> but so when you watch, when you watch movies and stuff and you see big crowds or you see, you see people shake, like it seems odd to me now, you know, you watch these movies and you go, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you, buddy. And they shake hands and you go, Oh, well, it's funny. Mm-hmm. I was watching. I was watching Casino last night. It's it's so weird that you brought that up because I was watching Casino and there was a couple of scenes where people were shaking hands and then they're at the yeah. craps table and they're all throwing dice and everything. And I'm like, that would never. I don't. Does that happen anymore? And I've seen people share drinks. Like, hey, try this. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. that's nice. You know, and they just hand it back and forth. They take a sip. And <gasps> but I would be all for the rest of my life wearing a mask on a plane. I I just I'll be okay. I th- I think I might. I don't know. I mean, you have that prerogative. I mean, they're not going to tell you you can't wear it, right? I mean, it's going to be – I think you'll see – look, they've been doing this even before the pandemic in countries like Japan and other places. You know what I mean? Like people – I've seen people wear masks on planes before and international flights and otherwise just for that reason. Maybe they're maybe they're immune deficient. Maybe they, you know, are afraid of catching flus and viruses. Um, but, you know, there's no question that there's a certain amount, level of protection if you do it. Um, but I – you know, I don't know. I, I depends on the length of the flight. I don't do yeah. well with masks. My ears, you know what it is? My ears are so big that if I get a mask, seriously, if I get a mask that's too small, yeah. then it pushes the ears forward and it looks like I don't need a plane to fly. I'll just use, I'll just use ears. I never noticed uh, that. I sat next to you in a, in a Radio well, studio for five years. And yeah, never... I mean, I, you know, when you have it, when you got a big melon like I do, <laughs> seventy-five eights. I can't see my toes. You know, it's it's when you when you're that, you know, when you're that encumbered with the melon, then, then the ears have to be really big. But 
But yeah, when you when you pull that when you pull back on them, you know that rubber band. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think I've I think I'm scarred permanently back there. I think that's scarred. Calluses build up, you know, behind the ears. We're going to evolve as a species. I mean, you know, our thumbs are getting really long now, right? Because we're using because, phones and everything. Like because that? of phones and yeah, Texting. typing with your hands. And yeah. we're going to look like e- we're all going to look like ET. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Here. But ET didn't wear a mask. You that's know? true. Although he he, he did that one of, scene, didn't he? Like they yeah, covered him up. It's it's true. <laughs> See. Yeah, he was way ahead of us, Spielberg. I don't know how we get it. I don't know how we got on the subject, but uh, but I could do without. I'll say this: I could do without. I hope sports gets back, and I hope covering sports gets back to normal. Because the one thing that that kind of made me nauseous th- today was was this whole discussion, right? About oh no no, we're just going to do it virtual. Everything you know, uh, yeah. we, we're good with the zooms, right? and that part. Tom, if I have to sit, I know this is tough duty. People had real problems. I don't, please don't, you know, write at Tom W. Jones. Don't write me. <laughs> uh, but if I have to try to, to to talk to people and get my two questions from Tom Brady during the week and one, maybe two after the games, by virtual, by, by Zoom call, I'm going to scream. I, I just, it's just I just miss the interaction and, and the conversations you can have that aren't just always about the, the sport or the team you cover. Like it's a relationship business, sure. right? And yeah. it's really difficult. And I think the players, not that they miss the media because they don't, but it's difficult on everybody. Uh, by the same token, don't think these leagues haven't enjoyed being able to control the message here. Absolutely. You know, they can really, really sort of, you know, hey, here's a team guy. Talk to him. Oh, the guy that fumbled? Yeah, eh, not available. Yeah, not, it, that's yeah. the thing I missed. There have been so many incidents over the last – just in sports, you know how things happen during the course of a game. Guy makes a oh, sure. a big error, makes a big mistake. And before, you would have the opportunity to talk to that Walk person. Walk right up to him. Or yeah. if there was a – you know, something – I can't remember how many times during covering hockey where something little happened, you know, like maybe in the second period and you go up to a guy like a – you know, back in the day, go up to a Dan Boyle or Vinny LeCavier and say, hey, did you and again, look, did something happen in the second period there? Like, yeah. And all of a sudden they tell you a story. It's something great, you know, funny or, you know, serious that happened. And and now you don't get those opportunities because, oh, no, the only people available after a game now are three guys who had nothing to do with some fight or whatever. Yeah, whoever they give you. Like I would have liked to have gone up to Tyron Matthew and say, "What did Tom Brady say to you?" Yeah. By the way, I was told <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Let, I was told that the sound of that, you know, because those guys were both mic'd up, and we've heard a lot of sound from the Super Bowl. I was told no one will ever hear that. <laughs> As in, I like, wait a minute, how can how can you how can that be covered up for? Nope, not getting out of NFL films. Sorry. Wow. Boy, yeah. wouldn't you love to work at NFL Films and hear all the stuff that oh, the stuff that that you can't yeah. possibly put on a film, right? Right. That'd be great. No, that'd be great. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
So what do we got going on at uh, – this is a good discussion. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Bucs. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see what, you know, Ali Marpet and their union leader and all that does. I suspect everybody will be virtual for a while, at least through the draft, and then they'll all come to a settlement at some point. But until then, what do we got going on at uh, Pointer.org, your newsletter? Yeah, course? got the newsletter. Uh, you know, obviously a busy week with everything that's going on in Minnesota uh, with the with mm-hmm. the trial and then with the, the shooting of uh, Dante Wright. Another shooting, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, – yeah, so that that's been a big part of it, and then and obviously the Chauvin trial as well. Um, but yeah, those, those are the two big things uh, that are in the news. There also wrote a little bit about the talk. The talk is back. CBS is the talk. Which the talk? Yeah, I mean, it was after Sharon Osbourne uh, left, yeah. or got fired, or whatever. Which is not everybody like tries to dismiss it as oh, just some gossip, you know, type of. Which was it? Was she fired? Or did she quit? Uh, I think it was. I I think she quit, but they didn't do anything to talk her out of it. It was uh-huh. basically the gist of it. Um, and I, maybe they encouraged her to go. Uh, is everybody else still there? Like, yeah, everybody uh, else is still there, right? Yeah. Cheryl Underwood and all that. Um, but it, at the same time, it's important because it, it was a topic. It was a conversation about race and, and about how people talk to one another about race. So it was more than just a old gossipy thing about it wasn't the view. It wasn't like that. Yeah, it wasn't like a, just a bunch of people yelling at one another. It was, it was, it was an important topic, and so I wrote about that. That is in uh, Wednesday morning. So today. So it's coming back, and is, is Sharon Osbourne a part of that again? No, no, she's out. She's out. She's oh. gone. Okay, she's gone. So they got, There's nothing we could do about it. Yeah. They got new. <laughs> they got new people. No, just well, knew her. <laughs> knew her she's yeah, out. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. Well. That's something to look forward to in, uh, in Tom's newsletter, pointer.org. Tom Jones joining us here on the podcast a couple times a week. He's gracious enough. Great talking to you, Tommy. You too, Rick. Talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 